Luke chapter 24, verse 1 through 12. I know that this is probably not something that you typically preach on a Palm Sunday. The Lord directed me here several weeks ago on this first 12 verses of chapter 24 in Luke. The Bible said on the first day of the week, early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. Jesus, by this time, had already been crucified, Brother David, and had already been put in the tomb. But when they got there, the Bible says they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. It happened as they were greatly perplexed. In other words, they were troubled by this scene. And behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. As they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Now remember why they came. They came to anoint the body of a dead corpse. He is not here, but he's risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day will rise again. And they remembered. Everybody say that, remembered. They remembered his words. They re- and then they returned from the tomb and told all of these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Now listen, verse 12 says, Their words seemed to be like idle tales. They didn't believe them. They didn't believe what they had to say. But Peter arose. You know, the guy that was just sometimes putting his foot in his mouth. The guy that was getting ahead of himself many, many times. In Scripture, Peter got up. He arose and he ran to the tomb, stooping down when he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves. He departed and he marveled to himself at what had happened. He marveled at what had happened. In other words, let's just read into this. He didn't believe it either. He was puzzled by all of this. Because just a few hours earlier, a few days earlier, he saw him. He was with him. This is the guy that denied him three times. This is the guy that the Bible said went out and wept bitterly because of what he'd done. This is the guy that saw him hanging on the cross. This is the guy that saw blood running down from the cross. This is the guy that watched him be beaten for our deliverance of of healings and diseases that that we have need of today. This is the same guy. He was there with him when he talked, Sister Marilyn, about Jesus saying, just destroy this temple. In three days, I'll raise it back up. But they forgot what the Lord had said. And they were puzzled by all these things that had taken place. Before we move into our message this morning, let me tell you, every one of us has dreams in this life. But many, many times... The journey that we walk through, sometimes it brings dreams to fail. We have failures in our life. We have mistakes in our life. We we have a lost hope. We have a lost disappointment. And roadblocks 
to our dreams, so to speak. But I want to tell you something this morning. I, I want to tell you that no matter what your circumstance this morning, on Palm Sunday, no matter what your circumstance, God will satisfy the desire and the dreams of your life if you'll just sell out to him. There's the key. you got to sell out to him. I've got to give him everything. I cannot leave nothing out. From the top of my head to the sole of my feet, everything, Sister Bridget, must be his. Right. It belongs to him. Everything that I've got belongs to the Lord. And when you look in here in Luke chapter 24, dawn had just broken. On that very first Easter morning, they had just had a night that had been crushed. They had just gone through many hours of crushed hopes because for many people of that day, their dream was hanging on the cross. Their hope, Sister Rain, was laying in that tomb. Their dream, somebody had put a stone in front of their dream and blocked their hope, blocked their dream. Sometimes our hopes and dreams, we, we seem to, we can't find. Three days early, Jesus had been crucified. And when that morning broke, on that very first Easter morning, those that were still perplexed, those that were still despondent, those that were still unsure about what had taken place just a few days earlier, they got up early, the Bible said, and they brought spices to anoint the body of Jesus. And when they got there, what's always been puzzling to me, they watched the stone being placed over the tomb. I don't know how and what, how they thought they were going to get the stone away from the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus in the first place. But when they got there, Brother Roger, the stone was moved. They couldn't believe it. I mean, what had happened here? They went in and they looked. Marveled, perplexed not understanding what was, what was taking place. Two guys there shining said, what are you doing here? Why are you seeking the living among the dead? They didn't come to seek the living. They had come to bring spices to anoint the dead body of Jesus. But he was not there. Hallelujah. I've tried many, many times to imagine, Chris, what in the world, these, what went through these ladies' minds at that point. We watched this stuff take place. We saw all of this with our very natural eyes. We saw them literally place him in the tomb. We saw the stone being rolled in front of the tomb. We watched the Roman guards as they were standing there protecting the tomb so that nobody would come in and rob the body of Jesus. And there, here's two guys that's telling them, he ain't here. He's not here. For he is risen. And at that moment, when they said this, I'm thinking, what in the world? What would I be thinking at that point? What would I be thinking? Now, Father, you take these words that I'm about to say. Help us, God, to understand this morning the fact that you are no longer in the tomb. There is nothing that would hinder us or prevent us from having the hopes and the dreams that you've placed in our life. 
but I've got to trust in you. I've got to lean upon you. I've got to lean upon you. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Thank you. Can you get that picture? Can you get that in your head this morning? I mean, a total loss, a total dismay, no hope whatsoever, not even a glimpse of anything to hold on to and hang on to. And they left the tomb, and there were men that was, as I said earlier, that was, that was in shining garments and, and that appeared to them, and, and they bowed their heads and their faces to the earth. The Bible says, with fear, the men said, why do you seek the living among the dead? Now that question as I said, it didn't make sense to them because they weren't going to see the living. They were going to see the dead. And the Bible said, remember, remember how he told you that while he was still with you in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered over the hands of sinners. He, he was delivered to be crucified and on the third day be raised again. And the angels here were talking about events that was six months prior while Jesus was in Galilee. Jesus spoke to the disciples. He spoke to people about his death. Jesus repeated himself over and over again that he must die. And on the third day, he would rise again. But in their human frailty, in their human experience, in that, in that body, that human body. They had never seen anything like that before. And it took these two angels to remind them to remember what Jesus had been teaching them for the last six months. And in verse 8, the Bible says, when he done that, then they remembered. Everybody say, remembered. Remembered. <coughs> they remembered his words. But it didn't stop there. They remembered his words, and the Bible said, then they believed. Now, let me stop here long enough and ask you, what has God promised you in the past? What has God spoken to you in the past? Have we forgot about it? Has it been six months ago? Has it been 12 months ago? Has it been six years ago? Whenever it is. When has God spoken to you? Has God promised you anything? The Bible says the women left this tomb and they found the other disciples. The disciples were hiding. They were fearful for their lives. Jesus had been killed and they probably thought, well, I'm, I'm going to be next. This is the next. I, they're coming after me. They were crushed. All their dreams was gone. There was no way out of this thing. All their hope was gone. And these women told the disciples, all all these things, when they came back from the tomb, they told them all the things of what took place and what happened, what the, what the angels had told them, that Jesus had risen. They told them what the scripture, uh, that the angels told them about the scripture that Jesus spoke in Galilee. And when you look at the disciples' response, you'll not find exciting words, but you'll find some despairing words. You'll find some sad words. The Bible says they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense sense. They've never witnessed anything like this before. It was a fairy tale. They had seen Jesus crucified. Peter stood there at the base of the cross. Peter was there when Jesus was put to trial. These women, uh, for these women to come now and tell them that Jesus is living, it just could not be true. And the Bible said in verse number 12 that Peter got up and he ran toward the tomb. He ran there and he bent over and he went inside and he saw the strips of linen 
laying there all by themselves. He went away, and the Bible said he marveled. He wondered at what was in the world was taking place. Those are not words of belief there in that scripture because Peter left puzzled about what was going on. Jesus is dead. That's what I know. This is what I know to be true. And these women told that somebody came, and they told them that he was alive, and he's not there. What in the world has happened to the body of Jesus? And Peter left there puzzled and marveled with all these things that he had witnessed. Later, later on, when you go back and uh, later on in that scripture, when you begin to read, a little later on that same day, two of the disciples begin to make their way to Emmaus, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. And you look in Luke chapter 24, verse 14, they were, they were talking to one another about everything that was taking place. They talked, their, their talk included not just about the crucifixion, but they talked about the burial of Jesus. They talked about the strange story that the women had come and confirmed and told them about the body of Jesus. They were talking and discussing all of these things, and life had ended for them without any hope. They are returning back home, and, and they, they didn't know what in the world they were going to do. They discussed these things, and Jesus himself, during all of this, came up next to them. You remember the story, right? And begin to walk with him, but he kept his identity from them. Why, why did he do that? Why, why were their eyes unable to recognize Jesus? Think about this. Jesus should have been very recognizable to them. They were his disciples. They, they were the disciples that loved him. They stayed close to him. But they did not recognize Jesus because when he came up to them, remember, they had lost all of their hope. They had lost all of their dream. How many of you would agree with me that when that takes place in your life, when things of tragedy, when things of, of disappointment, when all these things take place in your life, there's moments you can't think clearly. You can't see clearly. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. You don't know where to go. You're just existing, if you will. And they were not able to recognize Jesus. They were so hurt. Their hope was gone. And for them to, 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 uh, to, 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 to just recognize Jesus was something beyond their ability. Matter of fact, in verse 27, he walked up. He said, what? are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood there and their faces were downcasted and the Bible says Cleopas said to Jesus, are you just a stranger in Jerusalem that you've not heard all of these things that has been going on the past few days? I mean, he was talking to them. Have, where, where have you been, in other words? Do you not understand everything that's been taking place? But what Jesus was trying to get them to understand, he wanted them to open up their hearts and talk about what they knew to be a fact what they knew to be a fact but understand their focus was on the death and the burial and the body missing of Jesus it was not on what he promised them it was not on six months ago what Jesus told them and if you and I are not careful we will tend to 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 stand in this in this spot that we are today of lost hope and lost disappointment when Jesus has spoken six months ago and said I will be be with you wherever you go. 
It doesn't matter what comes your way. Hold on to me and trust in me. Don't ever take your eyes off of me. But we're so focused on the now. We're so focused on today. We're so focused on the onslaught of the enemy that comes my way. We're so focused on what the devil is trying to bring me down and, and put me out that we forgot about the promise that Jesus says, I don't care where you go, I'm going to be with you. I'll hold on to you. I'll protect you. I'll guide you. I'll strengthen you. I'll be with you, says the Lord. They forgot what he said. It's almost like God when he came to Adam one day in the garden. And he said, Adam, where are you? Where art thou? God knew where Adam was, but what he was trying to do is get Adam to respond to where he was. Jesus, who is God, asked them the same question. What things? Tell me what's in your heart. And so they begin, these two, these two disciples begin to tell Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, one thing powerful that they begin to speak is that Jesus spoke his, his words and his deeds, everything that this man called Jesus told them. And at one point, when you look in the scripture, I don't have time to go there this morning, but when you go to the scriptures, they were not even referring to Jesus as the Messiah. They said Jesus, and they used that name in past tense. He was alive, but now he's dead. They buried him. They took him off the cross. They buried him in a tomb. He was a great prophet, but he was killed. And they told him how Jesus had been crucified. It had been three days since they saw Jesus. Had some women go to the tomb to, to take spices to anoint the body of Jesus, but they came back and said the stone was rolled away. They went into the tomb and he was not there. Our friend Peter, he got up and he ran to the tomb. He went into the tomb and Jesus was not there. They didn't see his body and, and they no doubt thought that he, was, he wasn't risen from the dead, but what they thought was somebody had got him. Somebody had taken him. And then in verse 25 and 27, Jesus said to them, he said to them, how foolish are you? Let these words speak to you and I this morning. How foolish are you and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Don't you believe all that the prophets have spoken to you? Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all of the scriptures concerning himself. And Jesus began all the way in the beginning with Moses and the first five books of the Bible and Jesus probably started in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 with a promise of the seed of a woman and Jesus taught them the Old Testament scriptures and himself and they still do not know all during all this time who it was that was talking to them and the Bible said that as they drew near to the village that Jesus made as if he was going to go on a little further but verse 29 said I want to urge the guys urged them said why don't you stay with us for it's nearly evening and the day is almost over and Jesus stayed with him and he went in with him and the Bible goes on to say it was late that evening and it was time to eat and they begin to eat watch this and Jesus began to take the bread and he began to break the bread which represents the bread of life I've given you this is my body which was, which was, which was laid down for you this is my body that was whipped this is my body he didn't say all that in this scripture but that's exactly what it represented. They understood. He broke the bread and gave it to them. And all of a sudden, finally the Bible said, their eyes was opened up and they recognized Jesus. And at that moment, he disappeared from their sight. 
Good Lord, what in the world was going on in their mind? What in the world were they thinking? In verse 32, they ask one another. Think about this. They ask one another, were not our hearts burning while he was with us? Were not our hearts burning within us while he walked with us and he talked with us? Were not our hearts burning on the road as he opened up the scriptures and their eyes was open and they saw Jesus, how those crushed hearts at that moment, they were in despair. At that moment, they had lost all hope. At that moment, they had lost all dreams. But when he broke the bread and he gave it to them, their eyes was opened up and all of a sudden, disappointment turned into something else. Their hopes and dreams that was crushed, it changed their way of thinking. It changed their way of life. He is alive. I've been with him. He's supped with me. He's walked with me. He's talked with me. Amen. Amen. He's alive. Come to tell somebody this morning, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you may be dealing with this morning, but understand the fact, let Jesus break the bread of life to you. Let Jesus break the bread for you this morning. If it's been some time since you've had a relationship with the Father, if it's been some time since you've had an experience with the Father, if it's been some time since you've been in his presence, you need to get into the presence of Almighty God, and there's no better place than this Palm Sunday for you to get into his presence this morning. And remember who he is. Remember what he's done for you. When you think about this, this is, this is the story of, of a resurrection. Jesus, our Savior, is alive. Some of y'all didn't get that. Jesus is alive today. He's alive. He's not dead. He's not dead. If anybody ought to be excited about that, it ought to be you and I as Pentecostal people. We are serving a risen Lord today. He's not dead. He's not in a tomb. He's not somewhere on the backside of the desert that we can't reach out and touch. But he's here this morning living in our hearts. And all we've got to do is call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's alive today. He's alive. He's alive. Hallelujah. I want to draw a few principles here. And now I'm getting to my message. <laughs> I want to draw a few principles here from, from this event that I believe that's going to help us this morning. So what do we do when all seems lost? What do we do when all of our dreams are crushed? What do we do when my hopes have gone? When there's confusion, when there's questions in your mind, the dreams are scattered, there's a message there for you and I. Here's the first point. Do not focus on the circumstance. Now think about that just a second. Well, pastor, I'm going through the circumstance. I get it. But don't focus on the circumstance. Don't focus on the circumstance. Here's why. Focusing on your troubles in difficult times will only bring discouragement. Because you can't see your way out of it. I've been there. You have too. I've been in those moments. And I can't focus on anything else. This is what I'm going through, God. You've got to bring me out of this thing. I've got to learn not to focus on my circumstance. And when the women had gone to the tomb that morning, they were discouraged. The tomb is open. Jesus is not there. And something happened which caused them to turn their focus away from their circumstance. And they got their focus on somewhere else. They met the angels who pronounced and announced that Jesus had risen. 
He reminded them of the scriptures. It was only when their attention was turned away from the circumstance to something else that they were able to see a little glimmer of hope one more time. And they believed what the angels had said. And they ran to the disciples full of hope. They didn't leave like they came in Jesus' name. But they left with discouragement. They left their house that morning without hope. But they come running back full of hope. Because Jesus is not there. He's alive. He is risen. And he brought the word. Now somebody needs to get this this morning. You may have come without any hope today. But you need to leave full of hope. You may have come with all kinds of discouragement, but you need to leave encouraged today. You need to leave understanding the fact that God's got you. God has got you this morning. There are some of us, there are some of you, things are not going well. Circumstances of life, even though you're walking with God, has brought you to this terrible place. It may be family, it may be discouragement. In this weekend that, that you've went through, you've just concluded that there's just simply, Pastor, there's no more hope. I can't pursue life anymore. I don't like what life has given me. Listen to me, church. If you have eyes, your eyes on your circumstance, the facts of the case as you see them today, that's, that, that discouragement will lead you and it'll bring you to a loss of life if only I focus on discouragement. It'll not take me anywhere. I cannot look at my circumstance. Here's another thing. I can't lose my faith. I can't lose my faith. We all have faith. Every one of us has been given a measure of faith. I cannot lose my faith. The Bible tells us we're to walk by faith. Situations in life will come where there seems to be no hope. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? There seems to be no hope. It may be storms all around us. That's when you've got to hold on to the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to remember that one incident of a lack of faith will beget another incident. And it'll just keep piling and piling on top of one another. So I cannot lose my faith this morning. I've got to hold on to what I know to be true. I've got to, I don't care if all hell itself is coming against me. I cannot lose my faith. I don't care if my family has turned against me. I don't care if I've got some kind of tragic news. I don't care if my best friend is, is no longer my best friend. I can't, I, can't, I can't understand all of that. But one thing I do understand, I cannot lose my hope and my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ today. Amen. What are you talking about? I can't give room for unbelief. I cannot give it room. The death of Jesus brought unbelief to the disciples. And that is why when the women spoke to him, they, they couldn't believe. But when they did not believe the women, because their words, the Bible said, seemed like nonsense. In us, in essence, they were already in unbelief. Now think about what these guys was going through. They had just come through some stuff that they had never witnessed and gone through before. I mean, they had three years with Jesus. They watched him perform miracles. They watched him turn water into wine. They watched him open blinded eyes. They watched him raise the dead to life. This guy, they watched him stand on a boat one day and said, peace, be still to the storm and to the wind, and it ceased. They experienced all of that. They had their faith in Jesus. They had their faith in this guy. And now this guy that seemingly that was able to do everything, no matter what, was no longer there. Hopes was gone. Dreams was gone. 
Who are they going to, where, where are they going to go the next morning when they get up? Where, 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 where's Jesus? Where am I going to spend my time? Where, who am I going to listen to? I can't listen to some of the stories. I can't listen to some of the prophecies. I can't listen to what Jesus, the wisdom that's coming out of his mouth, I can't listen to his teaching because he's no longer there. And the Bible said Peter ran to the tomb. He couldn't believe it. I mean, Peter, the one that Lord said upon this rock, I'll build my church. Couldn't believe it. He bent over and he saw the linen laying there and he went away, marveled. See, at that moment, that moment, that should have given him faith because Jesus told the disciples, he told Peter that there would come a day that he would rise again on the third day. But Peter still does not believe because he lost faith in the trial of Jesus. And now he simply just could not believe. And then you look and you'll find the disciples on their way to Emmaus and they were talking about all the things that had taken place that morning and what the women had said. They were talking about the angels and the message that Jesus was risen and they still could not believe and all of a sudden out of nowhere Jesus shows up and he appears unto them but they didn't know it was Jesus their eyes was blindfolded and Jesus asked them why in the world are you so sad and they begin to speak of all the events that took place about Jesus the who whom they loved and they spoke to Jesus about the open tomb and his clothes was there and ain't nobody there and he still could not believe can I tell you they was talking to the man that used to be in the tomb they was talking there to the man that used to have great clothes wrapped around him. They were talking to the man that used to hang on the cross. They didn't know it, but they were talking to the man that had the power to resurrect them. They didn't know it, but they had the talking to a man that had the power to deliver them of all of their broken dreams and their broken hopes. He was there with them. And they didn't know it. Now here's my point. Is it possible then For you and I, who's never seen Jesus, we've never walked with him, I've never sat down around a fire and just listened to him teach. I wasn't there when he broke the bread and the fish and he fed the thousands. I wasn't there when he opened the blinded eyes. I wasn't there when he caused the dead to rise. We've never seen that, but yet our Bible tells us that's what happened. And we believe it, right? So is it possible then for you and I, I mean, the disciples had an issue with it. Is it possible for us to also have an issue with it? Sure it is. Sure it is. If we're honest with ourselves, every one of us would say there has been times we've doubted the Lord, right? Anybody else with me? There's been times I've doubted. Man, I've been raised in church my whole life. I've said in service after service, I've been at the altar. I've been touched by God. God has slain me in the spirit before. The Holy Spirit has rested upon me many times. But yet there's still been moments in my life that I've doubted what God had said. Is that all right? Well, we better get us a new preacher. If you, if you, ain't, if you, don't, know, if you don't believe, Pastor, you ain't going to help us. I'm just the same with you, the same as you. There's been moments in that, and Peter should have understood. He should have understood the disciples on their way to Emmaus. They should have understood. 
And I've come to tell you, don't you dare focus on the circumstance this morning so that unbelief and discouragement will creep in. The enemy will do that. He'll allow discouragement and hopes that's been gone and lost in your life. He'll come in and he'll bring discouragement if you allow that. But if you lose faith, it'll simply lead to more unbelief and eventually it'll lead to failure. But Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 11 verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What are you saying? I'm telling you, don't lose your focus. Don't lose your faith this morning. Trust in an almighty God. Hold on to an almighty God. I don't care what the outlook is. I don't care what you're seeing in the natural. Understand that God works in the supernatural. He doesn't work in the natural. He works in the supernatural. And God can turn it around today if you'll just let him. Amen. All right, pastor, I'm not going to focus on the circumstance. All right, pastor, I ain't going to lose my faith. All right, pastor, I'm not going to have unbelief in my heart. So what am I going to do then? If I ain't going to do all of that, what am I going to do? Well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to focus on the promises of God. Amen. Promises of God. In those moments in your life, in those overwhelming times, focus on the promise of God. Remember Jesus talking to the disciples on the road? Jesus began to speak and he reminded them of the promises of the scripture. He said to them, how foolish are you? How slow are you to believe that what everything that the prophets have spoken? These guys should have known what the prophets said. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them, he told them, he testified to them of the promises of everything that was said in scriptures concerning himself. Jesus was teaching them God's promise of the Messiah. And the Bible said that as they begin, as he began to do that, as they begin to hear Jesus giving them the promises of Scripture, something began to change in their thought process. Something began to change in their life. And they urged Jesus, why don't you just stay with us a little longer? Just, just it's almost nightfall. Just stay with us and eat with us. They, something began to change. In other words, what they begin to, to do is simply dwell in the presence of Almighty God. They begin to abide in the Lord. They they asked the Lord to tarry here, tarry here. Can I tell somebody this morning, if you will just tarry before the Lord, your perspective will change in your life. If you'll just stay in God's presence, your dreams will come back. If I stay in God's presence, my hopes will come back. If I stay in God's presence, my mind, my mental capabilities will come back to what I need to understand and what I need to believe if I just trust in him. Trust in him. Jesus made them feel as if they were going to get, he was going to go away, but they said, no, no, no. I've got to dwell in his presence. I've got to dwell in his presence. Why don't you stay with us? You know the story. They, as I said earlier, they sat down for a meal and they began to break bread. They began to break bread for this evening meal. And Jesus took the bread, the Bible said, and he gave thanks. He broke it and he gave it to them and immediately their eyes was opened and they recognized who he is and then he disappeared. Hmm. What are you saying, Pastor? 
I'm telling you, if your life is crushed this morning and your dreams are gone, don't you focus on the facts. Don't focus on the facts. The facts are there. We realize that. You're aware of those facts. I'm not saying that you, can't, you, don't, you don't need to pretend as if they're not there. They are there. I'm saying don't make them your focus. Don't make them your focus. Don't lose faith. Focus on the promise of Almighty God. Focus on His promise. I'm going through hell, Pastor. I understand. I get it. But I'm not going to focus on that. I can't. I can't allow myself to do that. You don't understand everything that's going on in my family. I, I may not, but don't focus on that. You focus on the promise of God. Focus on the promise of God. It seems like that ever since I've given my heart to the Lord, that the enemy's just beating me up. He may be. He don't like where you are. But don't focus on that. Because, you know, I'm telling you the truth. If we're, we're together here. If we focus on the bad, that's all we're going to see. If we focus on those broken dreams, that's all we're going to see. I can't focus on that. I, I cannot lose my faith in God. I've got to focus on the promises of God. And I've got to ask the Lord, Lord, I want you to tarry here with me. Now, this is, this is where we mess up sometimes. Let me, let me help some of us. Where we, where we, where we have a breakdown is, is we're not willing to tarry before the Lord. I didn't say right before you go to bed to pull, pray your now I lay me down to sleep prayer and that's all you pray. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings this morning, but you're letting your now I lay me down to sleep prayer is probably not going to do it to get you out of the circumstance that you're in. Ain't gonna, it ain't going to do it. Just because you sit down at the dinner table and say, Lord, bless this food that we're about to receive, it ain't going to take you out of the circumstance that you're in. You're going to have to tarry with God. You've got to set some time. You've got to get alone with Him. You've got to get in the presence of Almighty God. And when you tarry, your perspective will change. How do you do that? You pray. You look at His Word. You read it. You start and you end your day with Him. You fellowship with Him. You're asking Jesus to tarry with you. And all of a sudden, your life is filled with hope and God will fulfill your dreams. He'll give you the hope back. Simply because you've chosen to hold on to him. You're going to hold on to him. My Bible tells me he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. I can't go wrong, Sister Pat, holding on to him. Can't go wrong. When the wind of this life wants to blow me all around, i got to hold on to him. When the enemy wants to take me out, i got to hold on to him. Pastor, that's easier said than done. I agree with you, but it's still true. It's still true. There's a little song. I don't know if this is a song or a poem or whatever that I found the other day. It simply says, don't leave me. And this is what it said. See if you can identify with this. The road is long and the journey is steep. When I think of your grace, all I can do is weep. The valley is low and the mountains are high. All I have is your hope. 
to get me by. Don't leave me here, God. Don't let me die. Don't leave me in this pit where all I can do is cry. Don't let me burn and don't let me drown. I'll keep crying out to you until I hear a sound. Don't leave me, Father. Don't leave me, Son. Don't leave me, Holy Spirit, because we all are one. The divisions are strong and the arguments are weak. How can we be unified when you just strike my cheek? The love is gone and it's grown cold. When will our Lord return? Because this struggle is getting old. Don't leave me here. Don't let me die. Don't leave me in this pit where all I can do is cry. Don't let me burn. Don't let me drown. I'll keep crying out to you until I hear a sound. Don't leave me, Father. Don't leave me, Son. Don't leave me, Holy Spirit, because we all are one. And so then, I pray to the Father for unity. I pray to the Father for peace. I pray to the Father for strength. I pray to the Holy Spirit fills me up and we will overcome in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You may be here this morning and you're down and out. Why don't you pray this prayer? Lord, don't leave me. Don't let me drown. Don't let me burn. Don't let me cry until I hear a sound. I'm going to keep on keeping on until I hear your word. I'm going to keep on keeping on until I hear your voice. I'm going to keep on keeping on because I know you are for me. You're not against me. Hallelujah. 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 Everybody's standing and every head bowed, every eye closed. Pray, church. Pray. Somebody's standing in a balance this morning. You may not understand what I'm fixing to say, and I don't know that I even should say it. But what I wrestle with, and it seems like I'm wrestling with it this morning, if we're not careful, we'll allow the weather to mess with us and our emotions and our worship to the Lord. We'll allow circumstance to say what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. And I'm asking you this morning, the enemy is... He's cunning, he's wise at times. And he knows just how to wiggle his little slimy way into your life and in your mind today. And I'm asking you, put everything aside. Get it off, get it all aside. Get it out of your life. Get it out. When it's sunshiny, we seem to be more cheerful. When it's, when it's rainy or cloudy, we seem to be more dreary. I, I understand all of that concept. But get rid of all of that. My relationship with the Lord is not based on whether the sun is shining. My relationship with the Lord is not based on circumstance. He's for me. He's not against me. He died to set me free. He died to deliver me. He died so that I might have life. He won't let me burn. He won't let me drown. He won't leave me. He won't leave us. He's with us this morning. If you be honest with yourself and you say, Pastor, I feel like, I understand what you're saying, but I feel like I'm in a pit this morning. 
I feel like I'm drowning this morning. I feel like I'm going under this morning. I want you to get out of your seat. And I want you to come down and let us take a little time to pray with you. I feel like I don't know what direction I need to go. Come on, don't wait on anybody else. You need to get out in the balcony on this main floor. If I'm talking to you, if the Lord is talking to you, you know who you are today. I've got to be delivered today. I've got to be set free. I don't want to focus on my circumstance. I want to leave full of the Spirit of God this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Holy Spirit, break free. Holy Spirit, break free. Holy Spirit, break free. Holy Spirit, break free in this house today. Break free in this house today, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Break free in this house today, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Break free, God. Break free in our hearts today. Break free in our hearts today. There's somebody else God is waiting on you. There's somebody else God's waiting on you. You need to come this morning. God is here to deliver you today. Hallelujah. We magnify you, Lord. We magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We magnify you, Jesus. We magnify you, Jesus. I don't want to prolong, but God is He's reaching to you this morning. Don't let your wife, don't let your husband, don't let your prayers stop you from coming and receiving what God wants to give you today. Hallelujah. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, you know every heart, you know every life in this house today. You know every one of them, God. You know everything that we're going through today. And I'm asking you, God, I'm asking you through your power, through Jesus, through the blood that was shed on Calvary. You see Jesus in the altar this morning. And Lord, when I go down and we begin to minister, begin to pray, God, it's not me, but it's you. I want you, oh God, to show these in this altar area this morning your work. I want you, oh God, to wrap your arms around them. I want you, oh God, to do a work that you've never done in their heart and in their life before. In the name of Jesus, God, we release you today. Lord, help me to get out of the way. I don't want me in the way. We don't want us in the way. You take over right now. Take over right now. Take over right now. Help us, oh God, to remember your word as the disciples remembered what you said. Help us today to remember what you promised us as you told those ladies at the tomb. Help us to remember what you once spoke into our hearts, oh God. And help us to hold on to it. In the name of Jesus we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.